Hello, my friends. For many people, financial stewardship isn't just about smart financial decisions. They also want to allocate their resources in a way that is consistent with their values and their religious principles. Revo Financial brings biblical wisdom to the financial planning and investment process. Whether planning for retirement or college, for a first-time home or special charitable or estate strategy, Revo Financial will come alongside you and help you define your financial goals and establish a plan to reach them. For more information or to set up a complimentary one-on-one appointment, visit RevoFinancial.com or call 918-336-7877. Revo Financial. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Northfield Radio Program with your host, Caleb Gordon. I want to say thank you to our friends at Outpost Coffee. We are loving this fabulous fall-like weather, and they have the perfect hot beverages to complete your day. Check them out at outpostcoffeeco.com. You won't regret it. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Northfield Radio Program. I am your host, Caleb Gordon. So excited that you're here with us this week. Um, I want to just dive into uh, the power of what God has laid before us. Uh, 2020 has been a crazy year. Uh, we have um, we've lived in fear on a level that is just unprecedented. I, I just I never would have thought in my lifetime that I would have seen Christians cower in fear the way that we are cowering in fear. And I just, I want us to not focus on the cowering in fear thing. I want us to focus on what the word of God says we have. What we as believers, what we as Christ followers have. And it's found in in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And this is what I want us to live in. And what my fear is, is this is a familiar verse this passage of, of scripture is a, a very, very familiar verse, but I want us to see this text from the perspective of how much power the God that we serve, the one and only triune God, the way, the truth, and the life. His name is Jesus. It is the most powerful thing that we as Christians can hold on to in this dark season. We're in a dark season. There are so many things that are taking place in the culture around us that is just um, disheartening. Uh, article after article after article saying, I mean, we need to close this. We need to cancel this. We need to do, you know. And it's just, I don't think we understand as um, Christians the kind of power that God's laid before us. And this is the bottom line is this, this whole thing, this whole season during 2020 has not been about the coronavirus. It has not been about the lockdowns. It's not been about government control. Like those are the surface things. I need you to understand that you and I are walking in a different place. God's place. Like, okay, this, let me just read the text. First, second Corinthians chapter 10 says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power. Now, this is the whole idea I want us to understand is, man, we, we, we are focused so heavily on the physical, like the, the lockdown side of things, the, 
the 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 isolations, the the stay at home orders, the close your business orders, all the things that we've got going on. Those things are there and they are impactful, but that's not the primary thing. The primary thing that's happening here is is that there is a war that's being waged. And the war that's being waged is not a flesh and blood war. It is a war that is raging in the heavenlies. And it's ultimately it's Satan versus Jesus. And we and we know that Jesus is victorious in the end of this, but we're experientially, we're in the middle of this right now. And the battle is serious and and we're walking in the flesh. Yes, we're a part of the flesh. Yes, we are in this world right now, but the war that we're waging is not according to the flesh. How do we know this? Because the Bible tells us that the war that we fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against spiritual forces. And so we need to remind ourselves of what is happening around us. That this thing is really, the thing that we need to focus on is that we need to be engaged in the gospel. We need to be connected in. We need to be drilled down deep into the well of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because this is where the power comes from. And the enemy knows that this is where the power comes from. The enemy knows that this is exactly where we garnish our strength from. And if he can isolate us from the fact of being connected into this, and we can make us feud and fight about the politics and about the the, the nuances of uh, of everything that's gone on in 2020, whether it's whether it's coronavirus or racial tensions, man, if the, if the enemy can get us to focus on those surface issues and not drill down into the well of what's actually taking place that there is a flesh or a, a a war that's not being waged against the flesh and bone alone but it's against principalities and it's a war against evilness evilness versus righteousness so what do we have to do we have to look at the text what does the text tell us and this what do we as christians what do we have what what do we what can we say is ours I think this is it right here. For though you and I are walking through this this world in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. Now listen to this. Our warfare, our warfare, it is not of flesh, but of divine power. And this divine power has the power to destroy strongholds. Like you and I have the ability by the power of Jesus Christ in his spirit to break strongholds and the enemy doesn't want us to know that and if the enemy if the enemy can, is doing one thing well um, it is distracting us from the real issues and the real goals the real things that are taking place in this life the things that matter like i get it it, 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 it to some degree it matters that your restaurant or your business is is having to be shut down but if we could focus on that and just slap each other over that constantly and we fight over that constantly then the enemy knows well i can't they, they won't be able to destroy arguments if they focus on that I many this is this is not a flesh and blood alone fight we have the power to destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of god and we are to take every thought captive to obey christ being ready to punish 
every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Like this, this is this is the this is the goal right here, guys. This is it. If you and I could get focused in on this better, and we could see the war that's being raged, waged, not raged, waged against us in this moment. And I really think that we can have a, a different perspective on everything that's going on around us. Sure, there are things to get passionate about. Man, I, 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 here's the thing. I am passionate about making sure we have freedom. I want to see man, our grandfathers, our great-grandfathers fought for us to be able to have the liberties and freedoms we have. The freedom, the constitution, these things are were bedrocked into our communities, into our into a foundation of our our nation. So I, I hold those things to be truth and self-evident. But I and here's this is the, another reason I like the Constitution is because it has a biblical. I didn't that don't don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying it is divine like like or inspired by like the Bible. I am saying that it has its its foundations. The whole point of the Constitution has a biblical foundation. That's the reason I think it's important. But here's the thing: at the end of the day, America is not heaven. America is not the end-all, be-all. I know that some of us think that it should be, but it's not. It's not the end-all, be-all. And if we can get distracted, if the enemy knows, he knows if he can get us distracted just long enough. Like, my life is going quick. I'm 42 years old. And it just feels like my life is getting faster and faster. And everybody that I know that's older says it, it's, it's going to, it will. Like he's, I got my father, 72. And he said, son, you're, you know, it, you're going to blink and you're going to be in your 70s. And you won't, it won't feel like it. You're going to be like, wait a second, I just, I just feel like it was yesterday. If the enemy can distract you and I for just long enough, then what he can do is accomplish his goals of making sure we're not destroying strongholds. He can make sure that we're not passionate about the gospel. This is the reason. I, now, one thing I am passionate about is making sure where churches are open. More than ever right now, we need to have the doors of the church open. Churches that are, that are preaching the gospel. Churches that are passionate about knowing and loving the God of the universe. Churches that, that, that proclaim loudly and boldly the gospel. Um... I, I read a, a stat this week from the former CEO or a former, uh, I guess CEO, former CEO of Lifeway. Uh, he said that um, between 6,000 and 10,000 churches in the U.S. die each year. This is And this is a stat from 2019. I'd be really interested to see what the stat uh, now, this, this is pre-COVID, this is not post COVID. This is this is pre COVID information. Six to ten thousand churches in the U.S. are dying every year. He said to bring that in, into a more real world thing. Uh, this means that around one hundred to two hundred churches will close this week, and the pace will accelerate unless congregations make some dramatic changes. This is from Thomas Rayner. From he's the former CEO of Lifeway. Guys, this is why the church, I believe, needs to be open more than ever. The church, the doors need to be, we've got to stop being afraid. 
like there is something we have to ask ourselves what's the mandate from the lord what did what did god tell us to do what's the mandate from scripture what are we called to do by god himself how are we supposed to conduct ourselves as believers well i'm glad you ask hebrews chapter 10 gives us a very definitive answer in that it says this let us consider how to stir one another up to love and to good works that's this is hebrews 10 24 so here's the mandate number one let us consider how to stir one another up not to stir one another up into anger and into divisions and to fight with one another let us stir one another up into love and to good works. And then there's the kicker in verse 25. Not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as we see that day approaching. Now, what day is that? The return of the Lord. And here's the thing. I believe that we are seeing birth pangs. I see that I see things, and I, I believe that we are seeing the beginning of the end of this age, in the in the end of this present world. Now, what what does that mean? That the kingdom's coming. The kingdom's going to be birthed. I believe that that is going to be sooner rather than later. And so, what does that mean for you and I as believers? I mean. Now, more than ever, the church needs to gather together. And what do we need to be doing? Well, here's what God told you and I to do. Let us consider how to stir one another up. Now, let's let's kick it back a little bit further in verse 23. He says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised us is faithful. He who promised is faithful. What's that old? Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. Great is my faithfulness. This is what, let us hold fast and consider the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And then what as a result of that, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some have been, but encouraging one another all the more as we begin to see that day drawing near. So what do we need to be doing as as Christians? Like, don't shut the doors. Don't close the doors and say, man, it's, it's dark out. It's bad. If we get together, there's a possibility if we get together, we could possibly die. You know what? You're right. Let me just, let's put it into this perspective. There are churches right now that are meeting in secret in the Middle East, in China, in Asia, in different places. And they, it's illegal and it's against the law for them to gather and to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. And if they are caught If these individuals in Asia, in the Middle East, are caught having a religious worship service, if they're caught, they could have the penalty of decades in prison, in a labor camp, beat to death. I mean, pastors have been pulled out. I mean, just go look at the uh, Voices of Martyrs. Look at some of the stories of pastors in China and in, in the Middle East. They're pulled out of their pulpits and they're dragged out in front of their churches and they're told to recant 
And they say, no, I will not recant. And so rather than killing them, they grab their, their child or their wife and they kill their spouse or their children. Like if, if we took that same attitude, if these Christians in these, so here's, here's the thing, you and I say, man, okay, we can't gather because we might get sick and die. There is a very real possibility that these Christians who gather in Asia, who gather in, in the Middle East, if they are caught, they could possibly die. They could go to church this Sunday and it could be the very last Sunday of their life on this earth because they went to, why? Because they simply went to church, because they gathered with the saints. If they had the same attitude about this as we do about this virus, oh, we can't get together because I might get, it, might get, I might, I might get sick, I might die. The Bible doesn't say, don't neglect, it doesn't say if there's a virus, then you can not worry about getting together. It says this, don't neglect to meet together as the habit of some become, have, have, have been. It says, as you see this day approaching, it's more, more important, even more. It's so important to encourage one another more and more and more as we see this day approaching. So Christians in Asia and in the Middle East gather in the, under the fear of, man, we I might die. I'm sure that they're afraid. Gathering like that, they could be afraid. Sure. Absolutely. John Wayne said, courage is being afraid, but being willing to saddle up anyways. That's courage. Courage is seeing the fear and knowing that it's there and still being afraid, but still being willing to get on the saddle, get in the saddle and ride out anyways. That's courage. And we are a people that should be courageous. How do I know that? Because the Bible says in Joshua 1.9, it tells us, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So this is a command from the Lord. Have I not commanded you to be strong and to be courageous? I mean, we, here's the thing. Christians in the neat little Christian world that we're in in America, like we hear that verse and we're like, yeah, I can be strong and courageous. I'm going to start my business. I'm going to fight this fight. But then this, this virus shows up. And the excuses that I hear as to why people aren't going to church, why they're keeping their doors closed, we might die. You might. You might get in a car wreck on the way. Now more than ever, like I need us to understand, 2 Corinthians tells us that we have been given power to break strongholds. You and I have been given the power by the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to step into what God's called us into. We don't walk by sight alone. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. We are otherworldly. Like you and I are otherworldly and we need to start acting like it. We have divine power by the Lord Jesus Christ to destroy strongholds. Like now more than ever, the church needs to be present in the midst of all of this. People need to hear the gospel. People are looking for answers. And man, so many churches are quivering in fear. Like, oh my gosh. We better close them. We gotta keep the doors closed. We gotta we might get sick. No. This is just it is a 
ploy from the enemy. It is a trick from the enemy to do this. And I believe this with everything in me, that we've got to keep our doors open. We've got to be a people that are striving towards what God's called us into. Like we have, we've got the power to destroy arguments and every lofty opinion that's raised against the knowledge of God. But here's the thing. You can't do that if the saints aren't gathering together. I mean, if churches remain closed, like that is, this is the organization. The church is the organization that God has chosen to work through and to do his bidding. I don't know why, but he has. But if we're sitting in fear, I mean, we're not being salt. We're not being light. Like, that's what we're called to be. Matthew chapter 5 tells us that we are to be salt and light. Like, that's what we're called to be. We're called to love the Lord Jesus Christ and to show off, Matthew chapter 5 says, like a city on a hill. <laughs> not a, that's what we're called to do. We're called to show this off. You say, well, Kayla, what about those churches in Asia that are meeting underground? Like, trust me, they're being a light in those places. More people are getting saved in those scenarios than in America. There are more people getting saved. Like, the gospel is being preached triumphantly in these places where it's illegal to hold church services. They're not afraid. To, let me take that back. Yes, they may be afraid but they're 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 saddling up anyways. They're moving forward anyways. They're taking the commands that God has laid out and say, "Okay, I'm going to trust God more than I trust in this life. I'm going to obey God over obeying the laws of man. I'm going to trust in the laws of God more than the laws of man." And that's what we've got to do as 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 Christ followers, as Christians, that's what we're called to do. We're called to live in such a way that we are not, we are not backing down. Like, do we, Paul said in Romans chapter one, I am a debtor. Like he said, man, I, I have a debt. I owe God everything. I owe God everything. So he said, I'm eager to preach. I'm eager to teach. I am under obligation to everyone. To the wise and to the foolish, I am going to do this, and I therefore I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of this gospel that has the power of salvation to everyone who believes. I'm gonna I'm gonna press forward. I've got an obligation. I am a I'm in debt to God. Do you believe that you're in debt to the Lord Jesus Christ for what He's done for you? If if so, man, the average churchgoer, <laughs> this doesn't bode well for people that. Um, say that they are in <laughs> this doesn't bode well people who's you know oh yeah i'm an, I'm, I'm under obligation the average churchgoer goes to church once a month that doesn't sound like you're in debt to anybody it doesn't sound like you're you feel like you're under obligation to be in the presence of the lord jesus christ in his church the average churchgoer once a month come on folks this is like this has got to change. It's got to have, we've got to have a different perspective on this. And I think if we change our narrative, change our mindset of of, and we get biblical and we stop living our lives in this contemporary Christianity, like contemporary Christianity is not real Christianity. Like biblical Christianity is okay. 
I'm going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Am I, am I perfect? No. But man, I'm going to strive to know him. I want to know who he is. I want to long for him. And as a result of that, what happens? Man, we don't walk by the flesh alone. The weapons of our warfare, not of the flesh, but of divine power. And we have the ability to destroy, to destroy strongholds and kick out arguments, break agreements, break and destroy arguments against the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. Like, that's what we as Christians need to be about. Stop fighting this thing the more we're fighting it and say, okay, God, whatever you want. So, man, this is the perfect opportunity. As you're hearing it, I'm, I'm, I want to encourage you. Go to church this Sunday. Find a church that is actually having their doors that are open and celebrate with the saints the birth of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. This season is, is so incredible. God with us, Emmanuel, Isaiah chapter 9, Jesus is present and came into this world, took on flesh like us. A son was born, a child was born, a son was given, and the government, this is the beautiful thing, is the government is on his shoulders. Like there's coming a day when there's no more parties. There's no more political couching and, and trying to figure out what we're going to do. Who's How can we get ahead of this one? How can the Republicans get ahead? How can the Democrats get ahead? There will be no more of that. It'll be Christ on the throne. And I, I just, I, I long for that day. When Christ is solely in charge and we no longer have the bureaucracy and the idioticness of the politics of this life. <clears throat> so what do we need to do? We need to put our hope in Christ. We've got to put our trust in who Jesus is. We've got to repent where where it's necessary, where we've put the world and we where we where we have loved the world more than we've loved Christ we need to repent where we've loved ourselves and and pursued our selfishness more than we've pursued Christ that's where we need to repent and so i want to challenge us this week to repent and believe repent of our sins and believe who Jesus is and trust in his faithfulness his faithfulness to us it is not us being faithful to him it is him it is him being faithful to us oh man that's so that's such a good truth because christ is the one who's faithful it's christ the one is the one who does the work it's christ the one who does the drawing and the wooing and the and the cultivating of our hearts trust in him put your faith and your hope in him father thanks Thank you for loving me. Thank you for pursuing me. Thank you for drawing me out. Thank you for saving me even when I didn't even want to be saved. God, thank you for grace. Thank you for extending that grace to me. Father, I pray that there's somebody in this that's listening to this broadcast. They would humble themselves and they would repent and they would confess you as Lord. As they're driving in their car or they're listening on a, on a podcast or they're listening through whatever medium there is, Father, I pray that you would... Use that and you would just come through the radio waves and you would just you'd convict and that they would repent and they would believe. God help us. We love you. 
We pray this in your beautiful and precious name. Amen. I love you guys. This program has been brought to you by DSR, a technology company that has been investing in Bartles of a Families for over 35 years. DSR, we deliver technology.